0: Welcome to the Future of Protein Production podcast. In this series, we will explore the technological advancements that are shaping alternative proteins. From cultured meats to plant based proteins, we will talk to experts and innovators who are working towards a more sustainable, efficient, and kind protein production system. Join us as we dive into the exciting possibilities and challenges of the alternative protein production industry in the years to come.
1: Good afternoon, good morning, or even good evening. Wherever you're tuning in from around the world, it's great to have you with us. Before we get started, as usual, a quick rundown of who we are. We are Protein Production Technology International. We are a digital platform connecting companies right along the alternative proteins value chain, from research at one end to retail at the other, and everything in between. We achieve this via content such as daily news, weekly newsletters, monthly webinars, podcasts, and our quarterly magazine. PPTI, but we also organize live and virtual conferences and exhibitions. And on that note, we met face to face recently in the Netherlands at the hugely successful future of protein production live. And I'm pleased to say that we will be back at Rye Amsterdam on the 23rd and 24th of October, 2020, 24. Before that though, we'll be holding the future of protein production, Chicago on the 15th and 16th of May. So do keep an eye on all of our channels for further news of those, as we announce further details now on to today's discussion, automating production for novel foods. Automation has revolutionized many industries by streamlining processes, enhancing efficiency and reducing human intervention. It has led to increased productivity, cost reductions and improved accuracy in manufacturing, logistics and service sectors. Tasks once performed manually and are now automated through robotics, AI and machine learning, optimizing workflows and enabling faster production cycles. Automation has revolutionized food manufacturing by optimizing processes, ensuring food safety and quality, increasing productivity and enabling greater flexibility to meet evolving consumer demands. These advancements have led to a more efficient, innovative and responsive food manufacturing sector. And now as you would expect, automation plays a huge role in the production of novel foods, including plant-based, cultivated and fermentation-enabled proteins, streamlining processes and ensuring efficiency and consistency. But automation comes in all shapes and sizes in plant-based food production it enhances various stages from ingredient sourcing and processing to packaging it streamlines processes such as ingredient mixing blending and forming plant-based products Automated systems also monitor and adjust parameters for optimal cooking, enhancing taste and texture. Additionally, automated packaging lines efficiently fill, seal and label plant-based products, improving throughput and reducing errors. Now in cultivated meat production and fermentation processes, automated bioreactors precisely control nutrient supply, temperature and oxygen levels, nurturing cell growth for efficient meat generation and fermentation, Automation oversees microbial growth, optimizing conditions for producing key ingredients such as proteins or flavor compounds. Now, today we have the perfect panel lineup companies collaborating with each other along the value chain to address the challenges faced in the production of novel foods. Hamilton Company, our sponsor for today, offers process sensor solutions that provide real time measurement to enable better process control and optimization. Its sensors are integrated into technologies from Solaris, which designs and manufactures bioprocessing equipment, including bioreactors for fermenters and tangential flow filtration systems for use in the f and b biotechnology and other life science markets its product portfolio ranges from benchtop systems to r&d to pilot and commercial scale manufacturing systems umami meanwhile is a solaris customer whose mission it is to accelerate the discovery and industrialization of novel cell cultivation inputs and processes with its alchemist its machine learning based optimization platform and then we have the cultivated b a multinational team of scientists developing and applying breakthrough technologies in cell ag, precision fermentation and advanced bioreactor technology to enable scalable commercialization of the cell ag industry. Now, before we get into the actual panel discussion, we're just going to have a very short presentation from Anakin. Um, He's the Strategic Business Development Manager at Hamilton, the sponsor of today's show. Um, Once we get going with the discussion afterwards, though, feel free to pose any of your questions to our panelists via the Q&A box. It would be great if you provided your name and the company you're from, and I will do my best to get to some of them before the end or actually during today's broadcast. For now, though, I'm going to hand over to Anakin.
2: Uh, thanks very much. Thanks so much, Nick, and um, good morning, good afternoon, and uh, good evenings, everybody. I want to thank the Future of Unprotein Production for giving me the opportunity as uh, sponsor to say a few words before the beginning of this, um, this conversation. So what I'd like to do is just quickly um, start my uh, my presentation. My name is Inieka Esnam, an and I am Strategic Business Development Manager at Hamilton uh with the remit to look after our our entry into the cultivated and um uh, culture foods environment so um i'd like to say a few words just to kind of remind everybody again why we're here and why this is actually of critical importance to us um as we all know and we're probably all sick of seeing you know these particular slides but it's again quite important to reiterate the current uh, meat consumption has increased 10% to more than 330 million metric tons over the last few years, driven mostly by population growth, by urbanization, rising incomes in developing countries. But at the same time, we're also looking at this increased global population scenario. We're all aware now we've finally, finally hit 8 billion people on the planet, and we're working you know steadily towards 9.8, 10 billion people by 2050. This, again, is going to add to our need for increased protein consumption. And at the same time, we also have the global protein challenge, which, you know, if those of you who are aware is really, you know, addressing the fact that whilst we might have waste in some parts of the world, there is still an unequal access to proteins, to nutrients and to quality food in other parts of the world. So with this increased need and increased demand on our food, and livestock um, ecosystem, there's still also this whole area of unequal access, and especially unequal access to protein. We also understand that the current meat production really comes at a high environmental price. There's an environmental burden that's being placed on our planet that's unsustainable, whether that is in land use, so at the moment, 78% of all arable land goes in some way, shape or form to, you know, the livestock production, where it's used for growing for feed. This um, 70% of all freshwater resource reserves are being used, again, contributing to this environmental burden. Greenhouse gases, where now we have more than 15% of all greenhouse gas emissions are coming from animal agriculture. Antibiotics. Antibiotics, uh, you know, are some uh, more, more than ever used in globally for livestock production and livestock health. And again, this is leading to things like, you know, antibiotic resistance when passed over to humans, diseases, which are basically attributable to, you know, the consumptions of meat. And of course, you know, the most glaring obvious one is animal welfare, and the the actual burdens of, you know, livestock breeding, lifestyle welfare, and, you know, unethical conditions in which livestock is kept. We see cultivated and um, cultured foods as being potentially, you know, contributing towards a sustainable food production. The current meat production is unsustainable and has a huge environmental impact. In the future, according to forecasts, you know, we can expect to see anywhere from 10 to 30% of current or, at the time, uh, meat production, meat consumption being attributed for by new novel proteins. At that stage, I want to take a few seconds just to introduce um, Hamilton and why, and um, a little bit about the company and kind of where we play in this whole thing. So, Hamilton is a company that was founded in 1953 in uh, in California, and we basically operate as five business units with laboratory analysis and fluid ma- fluid liquid handling systems, robotics, storage, uh, medical systems, which people probably you know are aware of through during the COVID period with our ventilators and Process analytics. This is, the, this is the part of the business which I'd like to focus on and which is really playing a part within the cultivated foods environment. So, you know, Hamilton sensors are used by our customers and help them in enabling and driving their culture and cultivated food production. We basically have sensors that allow um, companies to basically, you know, measure, monitor and control the critical process parameters across the media formulation, cell line development, the actual um, differentiation and um, proliferation process. In you know, with regards to measuring and you know, things like um, dissolved oxygen and CO two levels to so so understand, so you can make sure you can control for how the growth of your um, meat and fish cells are, as well as also looking at um, cell density and, and the and the overall amount of viable live cells as as process output. As you can see, you know, across the whole cultivated meat and seafood process, our sensors are are involved from cell line development all the way through to final product. And some of the key challenges in the industry that we like to support and tackle are really around process optimization, media optimization. These are all the cost uh, drivers and cost attributes within, within the industry and as well as obviously as companies move up and optimize their processes in upscaling and scale up. And so, uh, um, as you can see, the key parameters that we identify at each of these stages, pH, uh, dissolved oxygen, CO2, cell density, sparse weather, and optimal feeding, these are processes which we have specific solutions for and enablers for scientists in the, area, in the industry. So. Uh, as mentioned with, uh, with key cost drivers, uh, media optimization allows you to do things like media analysis and also to be able to formulate obviously the most effective media that affects your, um, you know, your cell growth and your cell and and the, and the nutrient uptake rates. And last but not least, once your parameters are optimized, you know, we can also help in the scale up and, um, scale out process. So with that in mind, just wanted to mention that again, uh, Hamilton has a track record of innovation in and around the sensor, uh, in, in sensor development, and having obviously the first glass formulations of pH sensors from 1989 all the way through to now being able to de- develop and deploy things like um, optical optical sensors and also being able being one of the few companies that has sensors to look at cell density and biomass and we're also now moving into the area of soft sensors and data analytics with that in mind i want to thank you for your attention thanks again to the future protein production and my colleague yavo selic will be on the panel to delve in deeper into these technologies thank you very much Thank you
1: very much for that, Anakin. Um, now, let's bring our panelists in. Um, let's see them popping up there. Brilliant. Excellent. Now, I'm just going to get you to introduce yourselves with your name, your job title, uh, the company you're from, and briefly detail how you fit into this novel food sector. So let's start with uh, Lakshmi. Lakshmi, do you want to go first?
3: Yep. Thanks, Nick. Thank you very much. Uh, so, hi. My name is Lakshmi Khan. Uh, I'm the head of uh, Bioprocess Equipments Business for APAC region based in Malaysia, Kuala Lumpur, and uh, for looking after the Solaris Biotech uh, product line, which is the uh, brand of Donaldson life Science Business. And we actually support uh, with our fermentation technology for scaling up and also on the downstream part from Donaldson's side uh, for the novel food and the alternative protein uh, food segment. Thank you. Thank you very much for that.
4: Yabus, you're next. Thank you. Uh, my name is Yavuz Chilik. i I'm Product Manager for Cell Dance Descensors at Hamilton. I'm based in um, Switzerland and I'm looking forward to support the cultivated food producers with their cell meats. needs. Thank you. Thank you.
5: And Thiraj. Uh, hi. Hello everyone. My name is Diraj. I'm Head of R&D at Momming Bioworks. A little bit about Umami, uh, at Umami we are building technology to make cultivated seafood available globally, which is free from harmful contaminants. Uh, what we say is like sustainable and good, good for the people and good for the planet. So basically we, we are in the business of providing technology to make cultivated seafood. Uh, we are a B2B company, uh, we provide technological solutions to the customers who would like to produce cultivated seafood.
1: Okay, and finally, Ali.
6: Uh, hi, everyone. My name is Ali Niktel. I'm the director of uh, innovation at the Cultivated Bee. Uh, so Cultivated Bee, or sh- for short TCP, is a technology firm that uh, we are specialized in biotechnology solutions, concentrating on uh, advancing cellular agriculture and precision fermentation. So our operation uh, span across Germany and then Canada with our research development in Heidelberg, Germany, and our bioreactor manufacturing in Bellington, uh, Ontario, Canada. Uh, uh, Beside, uh, you know, making cell lines and then bioreactors, we are also very excited to launch uh, our innovation hub, which is like a center of uh, excellence for the companies that uh, want to uh, do research and, and and work in the area of process development for cellular agriculture, uh, that they can use our bioreactors at different scales uh, here in Wellington, Ontario. Uh, I'm very happy to join this uh, discussion along uh, with uh, other people from different companies. And we're
1: pleased to have you. Thank you very much, Ali. Now, there are challenges everywhere when it comes to novel foods, from regulations and consumer acceptance to funding, scaling, taste, and of course, achieving price parity with conventional proteins. Then a production process at the heart of most, if not all, of these challenges from making your investment funding stretch further, i.e. doing more with less, manufacturing products safely, meeting demand, producing products that taste great in order to gain repeat customers and at a price that is competitive. So I'm wondering if our panellists could begin um, by discussing the ways in which automation can help deliver on all of these goals. And if I have missed any, um, please tell me some of the other benefits from automating um, your production processes. So, um, Durange, can we start with you? Yeah,
5: great. Uh, and thank you for bringing, bringing this up. I uh, really appreciate that. So, uh, you know, uh, the, the automation is necessary because, uh, uh, you know, If you look at the cultivated seed production, whole pipeline, there are so many things like, you know, cell line development, media development and bioprocess. And then downstream to that is like whole product development, right? And every stage has so many parameters that need to be optimized. And, you know, there's one way to do it is, uh, you know, you deploy the army of scientists. They can do so many experiments and it's very expensive uh, kind of proposition and also uh, takes a lot of time. A fair bit of automation can sort out a lot of problems. For example, if you have to screen, you have to screen a lot of media on your cells, then if you have automation, that can help you to get high throughput. Similarly, when you have to develop the process uh, around the bioreactors, automation will definitely help. So that's kind of uh, my view that automation will definitely help in cutting the cost and also expediting the entire process development from end to end.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: Lakshmi, did you have anything to add to that?
3: Of course, uh, definitely what uh, Deere said is that automation makes more, uh, uh, in terms of uh, software uh, as an automation platform, is very, very important for any process uh, workflow. And in terms of that, I would say that, like Solaris has Leonardo, which is our proprietary uh, software, which has been designed and developed, which can do a lot in terms of measurement and control, like standard parameters, which we are talking about, the uh, PHDO, dissolved oxygen, and then uh, the, any temperature and all those things. Apart from this, we also can do a complex things like uh, cell, uh, viable cell density uh, exhaust gas analyzer all such kind of a thing. So that's what I would say that like the software plays a really important role in terms of measurement and control. And uh, I agree with that automation is important for that. And uh, Ali, did you
6: have anything further? Yeah, I think uh, I can just add that, yeah, exactly. You know, we have challenges of new proteins. So we have to deal with, uh, with the regulatory agencies that, you know, they are also assessing new products uh, to help them. So we need uh, lots of data. So by having this automation and, and generating the data in the process in the buyer actors, uh, we can we can help to to bring the cost down, and, and and have the consistency in our product. You know, as we are controlling the critical uh, process parameters with using uh, different sensors that uh, Lakshmi mentioned. So uh, and then adding you know more more sensors as as we are we are we are working towards that at TCB. Uh, we are innovating uh, in, in in this area, so we are confident that by by adding this kind of uh, measurement tools uh, to the to the process, uh, we help to to bring the product faster and and cheaper uh, to the market to help mm-hmm. the, the industry.
1: And um, uh, Yavos, your your tools are those measurement tools. Um, so, what are you hearing <laughs> from your customers about why they need automation?
4: I want to give an example of automation and how we help so um one way of feeding the cells is measuring uh, taking a sample measuring it offline and calculating the needed media and pumping this needed media, media, media in a bulk once a day so and we bring the automation to this process we measure the cell density in the bioreactor all the time we can measure it each six seconds and then the media can be controlled automatically, feeding it continuously so that the cells don't get shocked when the bulk of media is pumped in, and that we don't use too much media since media is one of the most expensive components of the process.
1: Now, Duraj, um, let's move on. You're unique among our panelists today in that uh, Umami is actually producing a, a novel food product. Um, can you tell us about that product uh, and, and the production process? And also, how extensively is automation utilized in that process?
5: Uh, yeah, I mean, I would like to share a little bit. So uh, at Umami, we are, as I mentioned, that we are building technology to make cultivated seafood. Uh, and specifically, we are focused on some of the uh, species, the fish species we call endangered, threatened, protected (ETP) species. Uh, you know, categorized by the uh, IUCN. Uh, so, uh, first, like, what product we are making? We are making uh, different kind of fish meat, uh, because we have to prove that our technology works, right? Until Unless we prove that, nobody believe that. You know, whatever platform technology we are making. Uh, to produce cultivated seafood is working or not. So we start from cell line media development to process development and then product development. Uh, The production, how the production happens is like, you know, uh, first of all, you need to develop all the input cell line media. Uh, So we take the species of interest. For example, we are working with Japanese eel. We take the Japanese eel, take a piece of it, a small piece, develop the best cell line and then uh, you know grow them in the best possible media, which uh, which supports its growth. Then uh, you know once we fix this, then we have the bioprocess. We start from like uh, uh, you know adapting cells to suspension, then go up to the bioreactors. And uh, and as you mentioned early, like we're using Solaris bioreactors to to kind of optimize our process. So then you put our cells in the bioreactor. These cells proliferate, and after a certain uh, point we just differentiate them into muscle and fat and you know meat is nothing but largely muscle and fat and then we take this muscle and fat and shape them into various kind of products it can be 100 percent cultivated or you know there's a hybrid product so that's uh, end-to-end uh, the process of productions looks like and uh, uh, as we talked about the automation so I mentioned that you know starting from cell line development to media development to process development and food Product development—you need automation at each and every stage, uh, because we believe that you know, um, building one kind of, uh, making one kind of product, uh, in terms of taste texture, you cannot, uh, you you wouldn't be able to penetrate the entire market across the globe. Because as an Indian, I have a different taste palette compared to a Singaporean, a people in Europe, different parts of the Europe and U.S. So if you really want to succeed. Uh, uh, you need to figure it out how you are going to uh, cater to the local local taste right in order to do that you have to aut- automate your process because you want your product to be consistent batch to batch right and and we also kind of uh, utilize the the modern technology like machine learning with automation to to collect the data in real time and then you know uh Design your experiment and, and you know implement it as quickly as possible so that you know you have the uh, the consistent process uh, throughout. So um, you know overall, I would like to say that uh, automation is necessary and when we uh, merge it with machine learning, it becomes even more powerful. So mm-hmm. that's what we are uh, utilizing because we are using machine learning with with automation. It gives us really high throughput. And it's expedites or process development, end to end.
1: Now, one of the challenges in uh, cultivated meat, especially, is scaling. Um, have you encountered any challenges or limitations um, in scaling up those automated processes?
5: Absolutely. You know, um, so when you, when we talk about the cultivated meat in general, uh, you know, there is a there is a problem of scale up because all the bioreactors which exist today uh, is catering of uh, specifically they're designed to cater to the pharma industry not to produce meat uh, so the cultivated meat companies have two options either to reinvent or you know work with the companies to to kind of uh, tweak the bioreactor to suit you know the cultivated meat production or you design your process around it so that you can use the existing system which i think is slightly faster so that's that's kind of major challenge and also you know um Especially at, at Umami, when we are building the technology, we have to ensure that this is uh, this falls under the regulation, right? It should not go beyond that, and and none of the production system yet till date has been kind of uh, approved from the regulators. I mean, they're approved in pharma industry, but not us. When you look specifically at umami uh, our problem is twofold because we are working with fish species there is not enough data so you have to start a lot of things from scratch that poses a lot of challenge but at the same time it gives us a lot of opportunity because whatever we are doing starting from cell line development to developing a product or process we are doing first in the world so we are generating a lot of intellectual property so for us the problem is slightly complicated but uh, I think it provides a lot of opportunity as well.
1: Yeah. Now, Ali, at the Cultivator B, you're not only making bioreactors, but you're also producing cell lines, culture, medium, and raw materials. Now, as we have discussed in um, previous episodes, bioreactors themselves contain a lot of high-tech from control systems and software to sensors, monitoring and more. Now, can you take us inside one of your systems? What, what software or control systems um, do you integrate into your bioreactors for, for sure. automated operations?
6: Sure. Uh, so we are we are designing our bioreactors, and and, and we are using uh, lots of companies that they do exist out there, you know, to use their their product, their services to integrate to our system. Uh, that you know, we know that the companies that that they are uh, top notch in this area. Like you know, we are using Hamilton sensors. We are using uh, you know uh, PLC control systems from Siemens. So what we have in our uh, uh, cross all our scales is that we are using industrial scale PLC which you know makes the, the our bioreactors to be to be modular so it's easier you know to add uh, more more features more sensors you know in the future or uh, to be partnered with other companies that they have uh, more sensing devices so that's that, that that's what we are doing and then also uh, I mean it adds the flexibility to 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 the scale up process mm-hmm. because when you are dealing with the you know the same uh, the, the human machine interface with the same uh, controlling logic uh, across all the scales, so it's much easier to 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 do the scale up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's what we have, and then you know as I mentioned, so we uh, we are like adding uh, remote controlling, monitoring, and and, and both monitoring and, and control. Uh, as I mentioned, we are using the uh, the Hamilton uh, arc uh, air systems that you know you can uh, uh, connect the, uh, the the sensors to your to your smartphone and then you know help extract lots of data. Uh, so all we are doing, you know, I mean, we are in in our innovation in the sense that we go after you know the best companies in this area. We try to collaborate with them. And then improve our product. So that's our strategy.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, how customizable are the automation settings within your bioreactors to accommodate, for instance, for various types of cell cultures or, or production requirements?
6: So we are, we are. You know, I mean, for for like most of this, you know, ports and and you know, uh, the, the control system that you know we have is like modular. So you can add like modules to it very easily. Uh, to add, you know, more sensors, or you know, we are when when we are designing our, our uh, bioreactors, so we are considering that they can be uh, you can you can use like you know sensors, you know, different sensors or or different products that you know they can they can match to our system. So we give choice to the customers, and then because you know we are uh, we are a new and a smaller company, so we are more flexible. So we are like you know we like to be that that boutique company that. Uh, we collaborate a lot with, the, you know, with our our clients uh, to listen to them and and you know, to to adjust and customize our bioreactors based on their needs.
1: Hmm. Boutique bioreactors, I like that. Now, um, can your bioreactors automation system adapt to changing conditions um, to to optimize, for instance, the culture um, based on the real time data that I presume you're gaining from those Hamilton sensors?
6: So that's 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 our vision. That's where we are going because I mean we believe that, that uh that's very helpful in the area of especially precision fermentation because that's you know something that is separate from the from the, 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 the biopharma for example. In the five biopharma you have defined feed that, you know, you're adding so you have less flexibility in your feeding. But you know, in the precision fermentation, if you want this this, you know, feel to Makes sense economically. So you need to to work on the, you know, sometimes on waste of, you know, other industries. So those those feeds, you know, they are not consistent. They are flexible, you know, they they might have variation. So having these sensors, for example, you know, monitoring glucose or other feeds that, you know, you're adding. So I mean you you can add as much as you need, not not more than what it is needed. So you can save on the on the cost. Yes, that's the area. That's the uh, that's our target. That's where we are. We are going mm-hmm. towards um, on- that, uh, that that goal. Yeah.
1: Brilliant. Thanks, uh, Ali. Uh, on to Lakshmi, Now we know that Solaris is a specialist in the field of bioreactors with more than two decades' experience. Um, can you quickly tell us about the hardware range that you offer? Uh, and I believe that you can also support companies all the way along their their scaling journey, so from lab scale all the way up to industrial
3: mm-hmm. scale. So, so basically, for with Solaris, I would say that like uh, 20 years back, it started off as a company which does a lot of customization. Even today, the strength of Solaris is that like we provide full-fledged customization, which is from the 200 ml, it can go up to any thousand liters of industrial scale. So I think that's a capability what we have. And the other advantage I could say is that like the Leonardo, which is our automation platform, which is one of our strengths, mm-hmm. where it's a startup. Compliance to level, and then it can measure and control most of the activities uh, in the bioprocess uh, workflow. And beyond that, I could say is that like uh, it, it can uh, process all the data for uh, any customer who's looking into uh, automation of the bioprocess solution. I think that's what I could say.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, now that uh, Leonardo software, what specific parameters and variables can that control and monitor within the environment within the bioreactor environment?
3: I would say that like Leonardo is capable of doing all the parameters, which could be standard and also complex. So I mean, when, I mean that, to give you an example, standards like temperature, agitation, DO, pH level, and antiform as standard parameters, which it controls. And apart from this, a complex parameters like viable cell density, CO2, and then total cell density, gas exhaust, and many more. Mm-hmm. And it can also be controlled with uh, any other external modular uh, kind of uh, the things. So, I think that's a capability what uh, Leonardo has uh, in terms of uh, measurement and controls. In
1: terms of um, uh, data handling and storage, how does it collect, store, and process that data from the bioreactors?
3: Okay, so Leonardo basically ultimately works with the MySQL database. I think that's where the data is stored. Mm-hmm. And it requires all the data with various plugins. So just to give an example of plugin, I would say that, like uh, uh, the Siemens PLC, like what Ali said, uh, even Solaris has been using the same Siemens industrial scale PLC, yeah, even in our uh, uh, bench or bioreactors and all the industrial biodeactors, it, it acquires all the data from the uh, things. And then these data, acquired data is displayed with a graphical representation on the trend page and customer can do a, a lot of batch comparisons of the past. And that's an advantage what they have.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, does it have the ability to predict and prevent any issues based on that data? For instance, how quickly can it detect changes in
3: conditions and
1: respond to maintain optimal production conditions?
3: Definitely, it uh, is having the ability to predict the changes, and it's very quick, I would say. Uh, and uh, basically, the, uh, the Leonardo software triggers notifications to customer, so so that's something which we have uh, an advantage. Uh, and all this process has been embedded in terms of process control uh, with the P and ID setting with the Leonardo software. Uh-huh. So I think that's the uh, the way it works. On.
1: And how scalable is it um, in terms of managing multiple um, systems or bioreactors? as these companies, such as uh, Umami, start to produce more and more of their products?
3: Okay. So uh, the, the beauty of the uh, United you know, saying that like, uh, it can control 24 vessels. When, it, when we're talking about bench top bioreactors, parallelly, it can control 24 vessels with the HMI, with single HMI. That's the beauty of that. Now, apart from this, uh, so we also can support scaling up from 200 ml to uh, 30,000 or 40,000, 50,000 litres kind of capacity with the same of uh, uh, software interface. Because uh, the biggest challenge in the industry right now is saying that like uh, in bench talk, there's a different software. When you go to scaling up, there's a different software. So the there is no uniformity in most of the uh, the, uh, the supplies which has been happening right now. So with uh, that, I could say is that like uh, the same software, which helps the customers in terms of replicating the recipes and functions very easily to any scales. When they start with 200 ml, if they want to go to 2000 liters, uh, it's much easier for them to hit uh, uh, with the same, you know, So I think that's that's a simple automation platform.
1: Thanks, Lakshmi. Now, uh, Yavus, um, on to you. This has been a great advert for your technology. Um, now we've already heard about uh, some of the some of the benefits of the systems um, that these guys are using. Um, for you, what is the role of Hamilton um, in the automation of protein production?
4: And um, so the automation includes also um, scale-up as discussed um, through the colleagues today. Um, so I want to focus on the scale-up part now. And um, we, we provide um, a wide range of process sensors. Um, so our goal is in that for the automation uh, scenario and scale-up scenario to ensure that the conditions for the cells are exactly the same, no matter the be a reactor size. Of course, this is a huge challenge, providing these conditions always the same, but we can measure these conditions, helping them to understand this same or not. And um, I want to focus on on, um, on a step um, which many, many companies face when they are scaling up. So um, they developed the process in the r and laboratory in a two liter or five liter bench top system. And everything is amazing. Everything works perfect. And then they move to pilots, uh, maybe 100 liters, maybe 50 liters. And then they don't even get half of the cell growth. So, and uh, we, most of the times, uh, we introduce the CO2, the salt CO2 and salt oxygen sensor. And we find the answers to the question there. Cells breathe as humans. So the cells consume oxygen and they produce carbon dioxide. For a good growth factor, it is very critical that the cells get enough oxygen. And also, the carbon dioxide produced by the cells needs to be removed. If the dissolved CO2 level in the media is higher than a toxicity level, the cells won't grow. And um, with the dissolved CO2 and dissolved oxygen sensors, um, we make sure that the cells get, are getting enough oxygen, no matter which scale of the bioreactor and we are making sure that the CO2 is below the toxicity level.
1: Okay, just um, a more general question. How much interest have you seen in, in recent years from the cultivated meat sector in, 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 your, in your products? Have you seen that explode similar to the sort of investment explosions
4: of 2020-21? We are definitely seeing this explode. Um, um, Hamilton has been uh, mainly uh, focused on, on biopharma. Uh, business uh, this is still the case but um we see a e- exploding number of um, of cultivated fruit companies starting um knowing our sensors uh, starting using our sensors and also a big number of um, end users are getting our, our sensors through um skip builders uh, like, like like um today solaris mm-hmm. No, there is sure. even a bigger
5: part of the end users that we don't see as direct customers but are using Hamilton sensors already. We just need some uh, cost-effective sensors. <laughs> because we are still not getting a lot of revenue. So probably need a bit of more help from the, the sensor uh, companies to help us scale up faster so that you know a new market is being created in a quick possible time.
1: Yeah, but well it's uh,
4: it's early days isn't it for everyone <laughs> that's definitely a thing that we heard many times um yeah. actually um yes we are making uh, steps in that direction too um we are um we are introducing a sensor on demand we know that many companies uh, in the cultivated food business are are um fighting with financials and venture capitalists, and and they don't have the um, financial options that a big biopharma company has. And um, we are um, offering them sensors on demand. And that means uh, you don't need to buy the sensor, you can just uh, get it on a contract base. Like, uh, instead of buying a movie, now we stream it, and and, uh, we want uh, to have a similar approach on the sensor side to reduce the costs to get to the usage of the sensors.
1: That would be helpful. Thank you. Well, I mean, there's uh, everywhere you look in this industry, the, the costs need to come down for the growth factors, the cell lines. It's, uh, it's, but uh, you know, it is very, very early days for such a nascent industry. Now, I've got a question here from Bart Deelen. He says it to Lakshmi uh, for mammalian cells. What are the bioreactor sizes Solaris is currently building, and what automation requirements are you seeing and/or expecting in the upcoming cultivated meat industry?
3: So. For mammalian, I would say that like, uh, it's the same thing for us, whether it's mammalian or uh, microbial fermentation, we have the scheme scales uh, uh, of uh, uh, bioreactors reactors fermenters. So I would say it starts with 200 ml, that's the lowest volume what we have. And then uh, as of now, we have delivered uh, 30,000 plus. So which means that like, we can just go anything beyond that 1, as well. So that, that the highest what we have done is 30,000 in mammalian. So that's the scalability what I could say in terms of present. From automation point of view, I would say that like the, the existing Leonardo software that we have, can perform exactly what is needed for a uh, main and culture because it's controls, measures all the parameters which are needed for a self platform.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, some of our listeners may think automation comes with a price tag that's out of reach for them. You've seen that in other industries, logistics, you know other sectors that use um, you know packing systems, etc. What what would you say to alleviate such concerns? Um, I guess Yavas, this is um, probably a question for you to start off with, and then everyone else can can come in. I mean, what are the cost benefits associated with using um, automation in novel food production? You've got to look at the bigger picture.
4: Yeah, yeah definitely. So um, we need to be. I mean, the whole industry needs to reduce the costs. The reason why we don't see cultured food in the supermarkets today is one of the main major reasons is the production costs of it. And um, one one main uh, thing, um, one main driver of the cost is media and the media consumption. So first, we need to consume media more carefully. Um, that means uh, we don't want to pump too much media. I already explained that uh, with uh, sadness side answer reading, you can regulate your media pumping. Um, um, there is also one way uh, to reduce the cost, that you produce the media on-site instead of buying ready-to-use media. You can um, buy some powders and then mix the media on-site and this will reduce the total costs also. Um, but um, if if, you, if you're producing cultivated food, um, you want to see real-time what's the the, the meat amount you produced. So, uh, we, especially with the cell density sensors, we are offering there a metric um, where you can see the kilograms of meat that you are producing per dollar, per day, per invested um, um, personal effort, and so on. So, um, because um, in in cultivated food, the number of cells in the bioreactor means the kilograms of food that you can sell. This correlation is not e- that easily given in the in the pharma, for example. In pharma, you are only interested in the proteins, not in the cells. But in cultured uh, cultivated food, the number of cells is your product, and we are giving the number of cells in the bioreactor in real time. So this uh, helps a lot for monitoring the costs, the ongoing costs, and the ongoing production.
1: Hmm. Um, Dheeraj, uh, what sort of benefits have you seen, costs-wise, in terms of increasing that technical? Um, level of your automation systems in production
5: so so i mean um, as an end user of automation i would say that one of the biggest challenges which we have as a startup is uh you know uh, the, the the process uh, need to be it, it's a kind of novel process it's not been done before <laughs> so uh, we are very cautious when we have to adopt certain type of automation because you know that might help or process that might not help but the the initial cost you know that the cost barrier is huge for a for a startup until unless you are in certain stage like you know maybe series a and beyond but before that you have to make sure that whatever uh, you want to inculcate in your system initially it works for you uh, but you know if the the cost of automation which you're not very sure that you know it will work for in in your bioprocess development or your cell line or media development, then it's become really difficult to go to that level. Uh, having said that, definitely when we when we add automation to our process, it helps us to move faster. Mm-hmm. That's what we want as a startup because you know we can accept that we are losing some money, but we have a very limited window of time. We don't want to lose on time because the more delay uh, you more you delay your process to go to the market, it becomes very detrimental for the company. So I believe you know the ecosystem partners like you know the bigger companies who are in bioreactor making sensors or you know various uh, instruments. They need to help this industry to grow because you know uh, this is a new business being created. And if you are involved with the startups from the very beginning, I think a long term the returns will be bigger. We definitely need help from all the people, all the ecosystem partners who are stronger than technology, right? And and also, uh, the the end goal is you know it's a sustainability business and it's a question of providing healthy food. I think everybody should be part of this story, uh, and and support because we are producing something a very generic commodity. It's not a pharma like you know you're producing a, a small quantity and selling at a high price. It's your if you're selling chicken or beef or you know some other meat it doesn't cost that much so you know the the benchmark for the pricing and all should come down so i believe that you know all of us have to work together and find creative ways to to bring the cost down
1: mm-hmm. ali i know you've um, announced recently a lot of partnerships um, and i know that you know your canadian facility is a quite a recent announcement um, and also i think you had one of your you've started the pre-submission process for one of your products in Europe as well with EFSA. Um would you agree yeah. with Deiraj about what he's talking about, that need for collaboration, more collaboration yeah. than we have already?
6: Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I think, you know, I mean we we all have to to collaborate together. I mean we are I mean we are we are competing, you know, with like traditional agriculture that, you know, may not be beneficial, you know, for the environment. And then also, I mean, a bit, we are, we are competing with biopharma because biopharma, you know, they are, what they are producing, uh, as, as Atirash mentioned, you know, like one gram of antibodies, you know, is like, you know, uh, thousands or millions of uh, dollars of money, one kilogram of antibodies, but you know, one kilogram of like cultivated meat, you know, how much you want to sell it. So we have to bring the cost down and then we have to collaborate together and, but, you know, this is like, you know, for example, like the sensors, automations that are existed are mainly, you know, for a higher t- uh, price target of biopharma. So we have to work with the companies and then, you know, uh, to 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 innovate and then bring the, the cost down. And so that's what, you know, I mean, we have this uh, innovation hub in, in Bellington, Ontario. So we are giving access to our facility to the companies that they are interested. So they, they are at a stage that they don't want to invest, uh, you know, in a in a like, you know, uh, uh, equipment, like more automation. So we are providing that. We are partnered with the companies, you know. I mean, we don't have the downstream capacity. So we may use, for example, Solaris, uh, you know, downstream capacity to equip our own facility and that, and, and, you know, help with the company. So we can collaborate together. But at the end of the day, you know, automation brings the cost down. That's, that's my, my understanding, because uh, as I mentioned, you know, we are competing with biopharma so that the people, the scientists that are trained for biopharma, they are usually that, uh, you know, expect like higher salary. But, you know, the, the food industry may not have a big margin. So we need to use machines. You, You need to have more automation. To bring the cost down, so the the initial investment is is high. So we have to work, we have to you know like share more and then collaborate more. But at the end of the day, you know, I mean, we can uh, we can bring the cost down and then make it affordable for for everyone. Mm-hmm.
3: Lakshmi, did you have anything to add to that? Uh, yes, Nick. Uh, one thing I would like to highlight here is that, like, uh, uh, I'm glad to say that, like, Solaris has already been contributing to this uh, uh, automation uh, cost saving. Uh, the way I would say is that like the Leonardo software has been always talking about uh, this call. Uh, it's SCADA and then absolutely free. I would say that like with every system the customer buys, it's been provided. So no customer has to pay anything as a license fee or anything, unlike all the big bioreactor companies which have been selling. I think a few thousands of dollars have been saved, absolutely. So I would say that we already have contributed to this and then we continue to do that. And uh, so I'm looking forward for that. Mm -hmm.
1: Now I've got uh, another couple of questions here. This is Simon Hill, a question for the panel. I focus on food tech executive talent search. How do they feel that workforce adapts in the food production space for their technology? For example, I see high demand for process engineers to design, scale, alt-protein bioreactors, but a lack in food experience in the market. They tend to come from pharma. So continuing the discussion I guess we've just had, it feels like a talent bottleneck adding to the challenge in scaling production. So who wants to, who wants to tackle that one? Dheeraj,
5: yeah i mean okay, so. i i mean you know as a startup uh, as ali mentioned that we are competing for talent against some of the very uh, you know uh, well established company and when it comes to 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 get talents on the food side again we are competing against some of the legacy businesses right you have to compete against some of the bigger names and and of course they have the capacity to pay pay more plus people who are you know, to work in a startup and specifically in an industry like cultivated meat, which is very new, uh, it needs a lot of uh, uh, a different kind of mindset. Because if you look at the job, people look for job stability, people look for more salary, and unfortunately, both of these things are lacking in in, in our industry. So, so I, I believe that there is a requirement uh, for uh, people with different kind of uh, uh, uh skill set uh but uh again you know if you talk about food there is not a lot of uh, research and development happening on the food side because uh cultivated meat industry is still uh trying to fix the uh quite upstream things like getting cell line media by process and and less focus on the product side of it but I think as the time will pass I believe that there is a requirement and we we definitely look for the... Look for the talents and 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 motivated people, because I, I strongly believe that a motivated scientist and motivated people can take this industry forward because there are a lot of challenges that need to be uh, solved. and it 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 definitely uh, you know uh, cannot be done by people who are coming to this industry and and putting half-hearted effort. You really need motivated people to solve this problem because this need a lot of creativity and a lot of courage to to navigate. Mm-hmm. Yavus,
4: um, at uh, for for our uh, company, at Hamilton Company, we are um, not facing this issue since um, it is. Um... Oops, can you
1: hear? Nope. Oh no. Okay, we've lost um, Yavus quickly there. So, Ali, do you want to pick up where <laughs> Yavus was uh, going with that? Uh,
6: hello. Okay. Uh, yeah. I think you know. Uh, 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 as Dirosh mentioned, you know, this is uh, we are we are competing with uh, with, with biopharma, uh, but you know, also as uh, sorry, as Lakshmi mentioned, you know, the software, the ease of work, you know, that's something that you know, I mean, we the 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 the, the companies that are advancing technology, so we can help in this area. By making you know our, uh, our 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 equipment easier to work with, so that's I guess you know what uh, what what we are working on to have the bioreactors you know as easy you know as automated, but but as easy to work you know like have a uh, user-friendly system, and then, and then having a recipe base you know instead of relying you know on a on a very expert vision you know scientist. Uh, so there is, uh, there is this need that, you know, the, for example, if you want like to, to grow yeast, so you have kind of recipes ready based on the, 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 the data, based on the knowledge, based on, uh, the, you know, the, 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 more like a statistical analysis available like AI. So you can, uh, you can, you can advance that, that area and, and, then have the, you know, uh, uh less need to, to to the expert scientists that, that come from biopharma. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's it's a new area. you know, I myself come from biopharma, but I see you know plus uh, of interesting challenges in this area that you know could be could be addressed. So I think uh, it's it's interesting. There are definitely uh, challenges, but rooms for uh, uh, collaboration and, and partnership. To, to address
1: the challenges. Well, it's a sexy industry. I, and it's just got the, just, the goals, just so. to just Don't to add
5: to Ali's point. Just to add to Ali's point, you know, uh, the pharma industry or or if you are talking about the product development side on the food side, you know, everything is. Uh, r- Largely, you know, uh, fully understood because if you look at the pharma industry, people are working with CHO, HEK, all these cell lines, and these are the you know workhorses for the pharma industry for the longest time. And almost every process has been studied, and there is substantial data available. Mm-hmm. On the contrary, if you look at the cultivated meat side, we are developing fish cell lines. That's probably some of the fishes we are working. Uh, some of the fish we are working is the first. First of its own kind there is no scientific literature available on those species so that's a more challenging problem right and I, I believe that we need creative people who are coming from pharma industry to cultivated meat industry to leave that baggage of you know uh, uh, that experience they need to be more open-minded more innovative and i strongly believe that all the learning from the pharma industry cannot be directly deploy it to cultivated meat industry. There's need a significant change in the mindset, significant change in technology and the way we develop the process. So, yeah.
1: We <laughs> could so spend we need... another hour yeah. talking about this <laughs> subject alone. I think we're going off topic. Of yeah. um, well, yeah. We've almost run out of time. I, mean, I've got just one, I can't believe where the time's gone, but just one final question that I would like all of you to answer. Um, what potential future advances or developments do you see in terms of automation with this in this sector? Um, Lakshmi, I'll start with you.
3: I would say that, like uh, in terms of automation in the future, what uh, we would be seeing is that, like simulation. So basically, that's where the biggest cost advantage where uh, any startups would be looking at. Uh, so basically, when you do anything at 200 mL, and then you try to simulate the same thing uh, with a few thousands of liters, but not in reality. It's a simulation kind of a thing. I think that's the uh, the goal uh, of the automation in future. And I think uh, most of the companies are looking at, it, and we are also looking at that direction. I think that's what i would say uh, would be uh, an advantage as automation for the future of uh, foods. Mm-hmm. ali
6: yeah i think you know like uh, having having uh, uh, more like monitoring tools you know sensors uh, that would, would help a lot and then also being able to use that data that comes from sensors to make sense of it using data analytics you know integrate uh, that Using the, the, the mathematical models, you know, could uh, uh, could could help to increase the understanding of the process and then uh, shine light in, in into the process. Uh, yeah, I guess these are like the two major uh, the, the advancements that I can see that can be very helpful. Mm-hmm. Darash.
5: So I'll just summarize what just Lakshmi said and Ali said. Actually at Umami, we are working on that. So we are using, we are collecting all the data from from the various, uh, you know, development processes. Like, you know, we are collecting data from bioreactor and we are applying our our machine learning platform. We call it Alchemist. It's basically amalgamation of a lot of bioinformatics as well as machine learning tools so that we can create digital twins and we can do a lot of uh, simulation experiment and, you know, we we are choosing certain mathematical models. Uh, you know, which doesn't require a lot of data because there is a dearth of data, uh, specifically related to our kind of processes. So we are collecting all this data and and building those models, and we want to leverage on that to develop a uh, develop our processes faster. And also, we want to integrate end to end from cell line development to the product development. For example, if we change something in the media, how it is going to affect or or uh, you know the taste texture of our, the meat produced. So we want to penetrate at that level, and in order to do that, we need to collect data and and you know apply machine learning to to get some sense of it. And mm-hmm. most uh, most important thing is if we can do in a distal twin setup and a simulation, that saves a
1: lot of cost. Mm-hmm. And uh, final word to uh, sponsor today <coughs> Yavus.
4: Yes, thank you. So. We are providing the data for all these models and machine learning. <laughs> and um, we are also working on, on soft sensors. So, I mean, we see the feature also in the data. And um, if we combine different parameters in a way, um, we can add even more value than these parameters along to the process. Um, as an example, we have a total cell density sensors, optically based uh, measurement. We have viable cell density sensors, which only measures the living cells, the capacity space, and we already have some applications of the simplest probably soft sensor, where we divide these um, two sensor values and provide the viability information, which is a great value for the users. Everybody wants to know if the sensor is alive.
1: Brilliant. Okay. I mean, that's all we have time for this month. Once again, um, we would like to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Hamilton Company, as well as our guests, Ali, Anakin from earlier for his presentation, Deiraj, Yavuz, and Lakshmi. Um, I hope you guys have enjoyed the session as much as I have. Um, We'll be back on the 31st of January for the next installment. That's called The Power of Clarity, A Clean Label Revolution for Alternative Proteins. Um, Also in January, we'll be publishing the sixth edition of Protein Production Technology International, and an article based on this webinar will be appearing in that issue. There are lots of other great features in there too, on novel foods regulations, uh, advances in precision fermentation, hybrid foods, ingredients and inputs, processing, scaling cultivated meat, and much, much more. To think that somebody told me before we launched this magazine, They didn't know what we'd fill the pages with four times a year. We haven't got enough issues. So keep an eye out for that on the 17th of January. Thank you all for joining us. We'll see you back here in 2024.
0: Thank you for listening to the Future of Protein Production podcast. We hope you gained valuable insights and knowledge about the innovative technologies and practices that are transforming the way we produce protein. Don't forget to subscribe to Protein Production Technology International, our multimedia magazine, and follow us on social media to stay up to date with the latest news and updates. Stay tuned for more exciting episodes.